You're listening to Answering Difficult Questions Biblically, a Sunday school series taught by Pastor Dan Christians at Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. Question number 18 is this. Where did Jesus go when he died? Where did Jesus go when he died? Now, I'm curious to know, within this room, how many of you have ever wondered about this question? A couple of you. Some of, how many of you have never, ever thought about this question before in your life, and you're like, that's stupid? Okay, you don't, you don't think it's stupid, you just, you've never thought about it. Okay, so everybody's kind of given it some thought, at least. How many of you, you're pretty sure you know where Jesus went when he died? Okay, that's, that's good. Maybe you should go. <laughs> no. Um, Okay, so here's, I'll give you kind of the background of the question. Uh, In the Apostles' Creed, which was written very early on, at least by the 4th century it existed, um, because there was a commentary written on it in the 4th century, uh, and it was added to the Creed by a bishop named Rufinus, and he was actually writing a commentary, and when he was talking about what the Apostles' Creed meant, he ended up saying that Jesus descended into hell. And when he said that, people picked up on it. And within a couple centuries, it was officially added to the creed. So when we say the, or if you've ever heard the Apostles' Creed before, you know that there is the line that says that Jesus descended into hell, that he was buried, that he descended into hell, that he rose again the third day. And that has caused a lot of controversy. Because apart from that, there hadn't been a ton of people before who thought he went to hell. And there's a lot of people afterward who don't think he went to hell. Now, some have tried to say that, well, when they originally put that in, they meant that he just descended to the grave. But the word that they used there, Gehenna for hell, it's, it, it does usually refer to some kind of punishment. So, many of the early church fathers discussed this. Some believe that Jesus went to the underworld to proclaim victory over hell and to lead those with faith to freedom. He was leading those who already had faith that were in the underworld. He was bringing those to freedom. In fact, the, the Catholic catechism eventually said that he opened heaven's gates for those who had gone before him. It was kind of like this picture of Jesus going into this underworld. It's not, it's not really hell, but it's not heaven. Um, we'll get into this a bit, but he, a lot would consider it Abraham's bosom, and that he then led all of those to freedom, to heaven. Uh, Augustine rejected these views, um, because, but he ultimately didn't come to a really strong position on this. All he said was that the whole situation disturbs him profoundly. So trying to figure out where Jesus went for, for a, a theologian like Augustine, who is one of the most brilliant theologians the church has seen, disturbed him profoundly. And so it's always been a question. Um, Calvin believed that the order was wrong. He thought that Jesus descended into hell, and then he died. Okay, And so that hell was Jesus being on the cross. Uh, and it even became more confusing when the Roman Catholic Church added purgatory to the mix. So there's another place that he could potentially have gone to um, instead of hell. Wayne Grudem, who's a modern theologian, he thought that the greatest argument for the idea that Jesus went to hell was 
the fact that it was a very old argument. And then he went on to say that, but an old mistake is still a mistake. And so Grudem just had no time for that. He he said that it should change that Jesus died once for all. He's buried, that he rose again. That's, That's what he believed. And so the debate continues because the Eastern Orthodox Church actually celebrates at Easter time. One of the greatest parts of their Easter celebration is the fact that they believe that Jesus descended into hell. And so that, that separates the Eastern Orthodox Church from most other churches because we don't talk a whole lot about that because most of us are kind of fuzzy on what he did. But they're sure of it, and that's a huge part of what Easter is to them. And so let's begin by talking about the evidence that Jesus did go to hell, and then we'll look at the evidence that Jesus didn't go to hell. So when we think biblically about this, we understand that on the third day, Jesus rose again. And so just in my mind, if I say, well, Jesus died, and then his spirit went to heaven, and on the third day, he came back to his body, and he rose again, it just feels strange. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like a strange set of events that, like, death, and then heaven, and then back to, back to body, and then back to life, you know? And so, so when we're thinking about what happened biblically, that seems like a strange order of events. We also understand that Jesus paid the punishment for sin in full. And when we think of the punishment for sin, it is death, which is separation from God, in a place called hell. And so if Jesus died on the cross to pay for the punishment of our sin, then the argument goes, he must have gone to hell. In Matthew chapter 12, 40, this is a verse we looked at last week that caused so much controversy. (laughs) I'm just kidding, Tom. Um... For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the, in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Okay, so there, the heart of the earth. Well, I mean, most people would think the, the center of the earth, you know, it's really hot down there. It's got to be hell. Um, others would say that from Luke chapter 16, 22, 23, we find out that that's actually the place of Abraham's bosom. And so Jesus, when he went to hell, he really just went to the heart of the earth, which is Abraham's bosom, which isn't hell. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 to 20, and these verses are some of the most interesting verses and, and difficult to understand verses in the New Testament. It says, Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Okay, that's abundantly clear what that means. Christ suffered for our sins, the just for the unjust. Why? So that he could bring the unjust to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Now, that's, there's a question about what that means. Does it mean that, the, that the, the flesh, meaning human beings, put him to death, and that the spirit of God raised him again from the grave? Or does it mean that his, his flesh died and his spirit rose again? Um, and so we go on in verse... Okay, put to death in the flesh, there's, I think, verse 19, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison because they formerly did not obey. So what did Jesus do when he was made alive in the spirit? He went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison because they formerly did not obey. So, so this is a picture of Jesus going somewhere and proclaiming. 
It's not, it's not necessarily evangelizing, which is important to know that there's a different word for evangelism. This word is a proclamation, almost like a proclamation of victory. That he went somewhere to those who formerly, at one point, did not obey. When did they not obey? When God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. So, did Jesus actually go to a place where there are spirits, which this word spirits is usually talking about either angels or demons. So did he go to a place where there were angels and demons, or demons, and proclaim victory over the grave to them? That's what it seems to indicate. And if so, where exactly did he go? Well, all, all that we know from that is that it seems like he went to maybe hell or maybe some other place, but it's these disobedient, so it seems like hell, to preach to disobedient spirits in the days of Noah. Okay, that's, that's where we get from that verse. Yes. Yeah, so that, that could be, that cross-reference of, um, so the question is, is the cross-reference uh, Colossians 2.15, yeah, 13-15. Yeah, and, and is, that, is that referencing maybe what, what he did here? It's possible, but it's also possible it's referencing just what he accomplished on the cross. That on the cross, he made a, a spectacle of, because it, it was all of these like demons and spirits who were, uh, against God's plan, and yet in Christ dying on the cross, he, he had victory over death and hell in the grave. So it is possible, but it's, it's possible it's not. Don't know for sure. Here is then, so that's the evidence that Jesus went to hell. Are you convinced that he went to hell? Some of you are like, I'm just, I'm just waking up. All right, here's some evidence that he did not go to hell. First of all, while Jesus was on the cross, there was a thief there, two thieves. And to one of them, the thief said, um, remember me this day when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus' response was, I gotta go to hell first. That <laughs> no, wasn't. He said, today, truly I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. So unless paradise is a euphemism for hell, then it would seem as though Jesus went to paradise and not to hell. Okay, now, now there's a question about this. Is it possible that when Jesus made this statement, he was speaking as the Godhead? And so when, when the thief would see Jesus in paradise, it was really the thief would see, would be with God in paradise that day. And it was more a way of saying like, hey, just so you know, today you will go into my kingdom. That's possible, but that's not exactly what Jesus said. He said, you'll be with me today in paradise. Another Biblical argument is just that the cross is constantly seen as the place that our sins are atoned for and not a period of time in hell. So when we look at the Bible, and I'll give you one verse, and it's actually Colossians 2.14. He says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us, that were contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Okay, and we can find so many different references in the New Testament, that talk about the cross as the place where our sins were atoned for, that where sins were paid for. And they don't, those places could speak about the suffering of Christ in hell as the place where our sins were atoned for, but they never do. They always reference the cross. So I think that is, that's an important, when we're talking about when did Jesus accomplish paying for our sins, that it seems like the Bible points to the cross. And so there would be no need for uh, Jesus going to hell because he experienced hell on the cross. Well, you say, no, he didn't. He didn't go to hell when he was on the cross. But what is hell exactly? Because in the Bible, hell isn't always in the same place, right? There's hell where it is now. There's also the lake of fire where 
the dead are raised and they cast into the lake of fire. And so hell, hell is actually just the, the absence of God's presence. Now, now in, in, in a sense, God is in all places. He's everywhere. But the, the picture of heaven, what heaven is, is the presence of God, relationship with God. That's the most glorious, wonderful thing about heaven, which is not where our mind usually goes first, and it should. But what hell is, is just the absence of that presence. It's, it's darkness and suffering, and it's all of those things. But primarily, it's not having God. Ken? Uh, so the question is, if Jesus didn't go to hell, then what about the people that, that died before he was born? So and that so I, I'm thinking what you're you were saying is that maybe Jesus went to hell and he preached to those people and some of them had an opportunity to respond to the gospel. Yeah, there there are some people that believe that what he's talking about in 1 Peter 3 is that we talked about earlier, is that Jesus went to hell to preach to all those who were formerly disobedient so that they would have an opportunity to respond to the gospel. Okay? And that, so there are a few, some people believe that. It's not a a widely held belief, but it is there. And the only problem with that is that he doesn't, the the word proclaim is not evangelize again. It's it's not this idea of him going to, to invite them to come to him. It's just, it's almost like this, like, I've had victory proclamation. And there's never in these verses any opportunity to respond to the gospel that's mentioned there. So it's possible that that's what happened, but it's, that's not, like, it could have been made more clear if Peter wanted to tell us that. Um, and so I, what I would say about the people that came before uh, Christ would be that, like, Abraham was saved because he believed God. And so there was still, the salvation didn't work differently. Um, it was still by faith alone. But in, in the Old Testament times, the faith was that God would provide a sacrifice. So it was faith in God's provision of something that would cover their sins. And they demonstrated that faith as they went and sacrificed lambs, though they found that they always weren't enough, that there was, there was more always required. Um, so it was all pointing forward to a, an ultimate sacrifice. And Abraham and, and David, they believed that God would provide that sacrifice. And so their faith saved them. Romans 4 talks about and then the other question I have, too, is if, if Jesus actually had to go to hell, why did it have to be for three days? Right? Why not four or one or an hour? Like why, like it just seems strange if there's, if there's an allotted time that Jesus had to spend in hell, and then he had paid for all of our sins. So I don't, I guess what I'm getting across is I don't think the Bible ever teaches that going to hell was a part of paying for our sins. So then we have to find another necessary reason for it. Uh, a final point about this is in Revelation chapter um, 1, verse 4, Jesus is called the firstborn of the dead. And the idea of the firstborn of the dead is that he's like the preeminent one and he's the one who makes the way, who goes before. And, and so when we think about what it means to die and rise again, we should be able to look at Christ and get a picture of what that looks like. Well, what happens when we die now? Well, our bodies are buried, but our spirits are made alive. Okay? Well, I think that First Peter discusses that, that Jesus' body was killed, but his spirit was made alive. And then, later on, Jesus rose again with a glorified body. 
And so if he is the firstborn of the dead, he's showing the way of what happens. I think that that's, that's the same steps that we are told that we'll take. That first we die and we go to the presence of God. And, and then the second thing that happens is we are reunited with our glorified bodies forever at the second coming of Christ. Yeah. So I think that that, that would be he, he has the keys. So in the, the idea of a person who's having the keys, I don't think there's literal keys. I think it's just the idea like that he is, it, it's through him that you either go to heaven or you don't. And so he has control over that, uh, over who goes where ultimately. Um, and so I don't think it was him having to go somewhere to actually get keys. I think it's, it's more, yeah, I know, I know it, but yeah, I think, I think that, that those keys are a, are a very like symbolic picture. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I think that that point, it, it goes along with the idea that Jesus probably didn't go to evangelize because you're already told. Yep. Yeah, that's a great, great point. Good. Okay. Final, the final point that I would make in this is just that when Jesus was on the cross, he, he, bemoaned the fact that his father was separated from him, right? Why have you forsaken me? And I don't think that was Jesus feeling forsaken. I think that was Jesus being forsaken because he was experiencing hell in the separation of himself from his father. And at the end, the last words he said was, it is finished. And then he gave up the ghost. And when he said it is finished, I don't think it's like, this part of it's finished. I think it was the idea that payment for sins is complete. It's finished. So the conclusion of all of this is I I don't know that the Bible makes it abundantly clear. There's a chance that he went to someone to proclaim victory and that he was like somehow spiritually active during this time. But it's it, like those verses that talk about that aren't clear because there's a lot of people who would understand the verses in 1 Peter 3 as just speaking about that spiritually through Noah, Jesus had previously preached the gospel to those. So it, it's, not, it's not clear. And, and we don't want to take verses that are ambiguous and build solid doctrines on them. And so I would say that, that we can't be 100% clear, but that's what, if I was to guess what happened, was that Jesus' spirit went, proclaimed victory, was in the grave, and then rose again. Okay? I think that we, like, don't forget that Jesus is still fully God. He, totally God. And so when he dies, like, God doesn't die. Right? Jesus, is hum, humanity, is what dies and then rises again. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about what you've just heard or are interested in the ministry of Maple City, please visit our website at maplecitybaptistchurch.com.